Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongies. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. This is the Georgia Show, and we're going to start off with a little bit of news that uh, qualifies as news in the Southeastern Conference. We learned about the SEC Media Day schedule, which will happen in July, but we're already talking about it. And the notable thing, as far as anyone around here is concerned, is that Hugh Freeze and Kirby Smart will be speaking on the same exact day in Nashville when they get going uh, at the annual circus that is SEC Media Days. And the last one that doesn't include Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, a little bit of history between these two coaches, guys. Um, I'm not expecting any fireworks between the two of them in person, uh, but there will be comparisons made and uh, a lot to look back on and freeze his career at Ole Miss when uh, the Rebels seem to confound Kirby Smart's defenses a time or two. Hey, and Russo, we were talking about this the other day. I'm not even sure. Here's here's what's funny about uh, Bark After – I was thinking about this just now, Bark After Dark, is I'm not sure if this was a private conversation or we had this on the air. But we're talking <laughs> about Hugh Freeze, and I just want to see a, a reporter say, hey, Coach, what do you think about open records requests? You know, yeah. just just, just draw, hey, Coach, uh, iPhone, Samsung Galaxy, which one should I get next? Or something like that. Just, uh, uh, you know, hey, Coach, you ever heard of the landline? Um, you know, just, I mean, it, it, the, the jokes could write themselves if someone had the balls to do it, and I doubt they will. Um, you know, like you said, Wes, there's not going to be a lot of fireworks, but, uh, I mean, I'm not going to be shy about it. I think Hugh Freeze is a pretty good football coach. I really do, and I think he can do some good things at Auburn, but it's still going to make me queasy when the guy talks uh, just by kind of the, some of the stuff he's done, and I'm not trying to get on a soapbox and preach about it, but it's just going to be weird because he's not a good guy. And, you know, maybe he deserves redemption. He's had several chances. It's not just a second chance for him. But, hey, he's a good football coach, and that that gets you a lot of places in this game. Bobby Petrino still standing among us, buddy. Listen, just an like absolute Elton John, baby. Like Elton John, I'm still standing. An absolute garbage person. Um, I mean, uh, no, you know, it's going to be interesting for sure. And, you know, I this probably got asked um, during his tenure at Liberty, but because it was Liberty, I didn't see it. I, I'm interested in Hugh Freeze's thoughts on NIL uh, because a lot of what he was doing was, you know, not allowable at that time. and certainly is now. And so I'm interested to, to know what Auburn's approach to NIL is and, and how that will play itself out. Um, I'm sure he has a great vision for it. He was a, you know, he, he was, a, he was certainly taking part in it before. I, and, he was and, a visionary. And I'm like, <laughs> before, before anybody comes for me and says, oh, you know, that it's holier than that. Look, listen, everybody's doing it, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to pull that card and say that he was alone. He just got caught. 
but there's a brazenness that it was done with that got him caught. And folks need to understand that part of it, in my opinion. Like this was a this was a stepping out. This was like not step, you know, you know, taking a step out of the line to look down the road and cheat. This was a he walked out of the line, he walked up several spots, he got into a different spot. Um, all with you know just cash money falling to walk, falling off of him the whole time. I mean, it was it was obvious, and it was it was it wasn't even as fruitful. It was fruitful, but it wasn't as fruitful as it could have been, and or it should have been for for the risk they took. Um, and then obviously he goes and messes it all up by doing what he did. So yeah, that's that's a good point, Roos. And I don't know that it's going to be an advantage for them. No, I don't think so. I'm not, and I don't mean to imply that it will be, but I think that I, I'm just curious, you know, in this era, you know, what Q Freeze's vision is for NIL. And, and like I said, he, it's something he, I mean, he's obviously been coaching. It's not like he's been there before, but um, we'll see. Uh, he, <laughs> he's an interesting, he's an interesting, interesting character. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who feel like this is a pretty perfect marriage for the Auburn Tigers. I can't say uh, that I'm not among them. I want to know what Palmer's young brain thinks about Hugh Freeze. Palmer, you get one question of Hugh Freeze. What are you going to ask him? How was she? <laughs> <laughs> How were they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. Um, and well, let's, I, I mean, let's let's think about, though, like where Georgia is now, where Auburn's going to be in – where these uh, two coaches' programs were the last time they played, Georgia just getting waxed in Oxford in 2016, and Georgia still hasn't beaten Ole Miss under Kirby Smart, and he'll have a chance to do that when the lane train comes to town. But it's interesting to me, at least, that Hugh Freeze does have some bragging rights in his career over the top dog in coaching right now, and I think that's one thing that you can't take away from him. Not the yeah, top two, I mean, and, and and not not to mention the success that he had when Kirby was a coordinator too. I mean, and against Nick Saban, the head man. Yeah, I mean he he's. Is there another coach in the SEC right now that has beaten both Nick Saban and Kirby Smart? Um, in the SEC right now, let's see. Mark Stoops, no. Uh, Lane Kiffin. No, no. Josh Heupel, no. Josh Heupel, no. Napier hasn't done it. Brian, I mean, Kelly who's who's beaten Saban? No. Uh, wait, Coach no, O did, no, but Brian he's not Kelly, here. Brian Kelly hasn't done it. Brian Kelly hasn't. Uh, Shane Beamer has not. Yeah, I mean, the only other guy I can really put a finger on would be Gus Malzahn. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah, that's the only other guy that I'm oh. really thinking of at this particular time that that has done it. Um, and Ed Orgeron. And Ed, yeah. <laughs> and Ed O. Right. That's true, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did, did uh, beat both of them in that 2019 season. Yeah. Gosh, a couple of, couple of like polarizing figures when you think about it, just in different ways. I love Is it. Gus any good? Yeah, he's pretty good. You guys just didn't appreciate him a whole lot. Is Orgeron, what is he doing? Man, I don't know if y'all have heard the story, and I don't want to get us off on a bad rabbit trail. The story that Peter Schrager – told on Ryan Rosillo's podcast yes. about Ed Ogeron. Y'all, it's one of the best <laughs> stories. So apparently, just to make a long story short, Sean McVay's getting married. And uh, he's getting married, and they're at a resort. And Eddie O's over there, like, at the pool, just holding court with a bunch of women and other just people are there. And uh, 
Later on, Peter Schrager was obviously invited. There's all sorts of other people there. They go to the reception. You know, Sean McVay comes over to Peter Schrager, puts his arm around and says, hey, man, what about Eddie O, dude? He goes, yeah, dude, I didn't know you guys were tight. And he goes, he wasn't invited. <laughs> he was, he's just here. Just and I don't up. know if he actually came to the wedding or not, but he was just hanging at the pool, dude. Like that's how LSU felt. <laughs> I, 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 and, and listen, I hate to, like, relay that show, but apparently if, if you haven't listened to it on the Rosillo podcast, you're never going to hear it. But it's one of the great, one of the funniest stories because he he adds a little bit more to it, and there's some other conversations I think that go on in there. But it's it's one of the best. It's such a funny story. Uh, Matthew C asking if Muschamp beat both Kirby and Saban. I don't know that Muschamp ever beat Saban. No, he beat Kirby. He yeah, he did. God, I, I forgot about South Carolina. Also, that 2019 season. Yeah. He was just bolstering his defensive coordinator resume for Kirby to to be a. An appealing candidate. No, because because we didn't. Palmer didn't. Gus didn't happen in 2019. No, 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 no. The, Gus the, happened the, 17. At Orgeron and uh, Gus happened in 2017. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you've had multiple of those things done in one season, which is pretty interesting. Uh, all right. Well, we'll keep a pin in this. Keep an eye on it. It's just February, like we said. But when the list of the schedule of SEC media days comes out, people do get interested in talking about which coaches are going to be there at the same time, and they hardly have time to see one another. But you do have an excuse to go down these rabbit trails and rabbit holes and talk about what it means for these guys to share the same stage. And uh, obviously, Hugh Freeze returning to the league, to the conference, to Power 5 football is going to rattle the earth uh, when he shows up. Uh, some other storylines, I guess, to look out for. The last day of SEC Media Days is probably the best one as Lane Kiffin will be there on the same day as Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer. So I know that he will have an entire stand-up routine ready to go to rib Josh Heupel about blowing his playoff chances against South Carolina. Meanwhile, everyone else can rib Lane Kiffin for uh, blowing a pretty promising season with Ole Miss that should have ended yeah. a lot better than it started, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about that uh, as we get closer to the actual SEC media days. All right, y'all had an idea about a uh, pretty fascinating concept with Georgia's coordinators coming back, and I had a show sheet, had a rundown of what I thought we were going to do, and was at dinner and got blown up by 30 text messages explaining this <laughs> hypothetical coaching draft that we're going to do. So I'm going to let y'all explain it because I am a – not gonna lie, I'm a little lost. But let's do it. Palmer, get to it, man. Tell them what it's what it is. This is a, this is a basically Roos sprinkled in some Roos sprinkled in some salt and pepper at the end. Palmer creation. This is a Palmer. This is a Palmer Thomes creation. You're on full screen right now. This yeah, is I, I don't I don't like that. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> Roe brought up the point that Georgia has nine of ten on field coaching assistants coming back for the next season. That's not happening all around college football, and it's especially not happening with back-to-back -back national champions all that often. National champions. I mean, there haven't been that many back-to-back -back champions. Um, so what we're doing is we're going to mock draft – not mock draft. We are going to draft these guys uh, based on the, drafting nine returning assistants. So not Mike Bobo. He's not – we're not excluding him already. Um we are drafting the nine returning assistants based on. We're drafting them, and they come work at Dogs HQ. Exactly. exactly. We're, we're just like, hey, dude, these guys have the cachet. These guys recruiting, coaching, 
you whatever know, you want. Right. Palmer, you, you go dollars. first. Palmer, you show us how this thing works. Everyone at home is just on the edge of their seats right now. <laughs> Who are you taking first? Oh, oh, I'm going first? I thought we were going to randomize it. You go first. I don't want to go first. around the screen. Who might give Palmer the first pick? I don't want to go first. Palmer, Roos, Rowe, and then me, so I can see how y'all pick. Okay. All right. I, I think Palmer, what pick did you want? Let's get something going here. What pick did you want? I'll take I'll take the third pick. I'll, I'll take trade with pick. you. I'll take first pick. I want first okay. pick. Anyway. I okay. want first pick. Okay. You're getting second pick. All right, so, so it's Roe, Ruiz, me, Wes. I want last. I want Glenn Schumann. Is this I'm a one over draft? What? Is this a snake draft? Is it like – Snake yeah. draft, yes. Snake right. draft. I'll get one and eight. Okay. All right. Are you going to get some reasons? Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, I'm keeping notes in the comments section. I said Glenn – I said Glenn Schumann was more I, more. I wanted. I would like to keep him if I was a Georgia fan more than I would want to keep Todd Munkin. Glenn Schumann's a stud. I want Glenn Schumann. All right, Jake Rowe. Glenn Schumann is off the board, and and uh, who's third? Palmer. So Palmer. All right, go for it, Roos. Uh, I'm taking Will Muschamp. Easy choice for me, no question about it. Honestly, I would have taken Will Muschamp with my first overall pick if I'd have had the first value. Pick. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, so I got a great value at number two. I'm feeling great about that experience recruiting and a guy who, unlike Roe, my guy probably going to be around Georgia for a while. I don't think when human long for, uh, the dogs, I think somebody going to come snap him up. I think will Muschamp be around for a while. I think that will, uh, will classic Jake Roos moving the goalposts on me with this whole <laughs> going to be around long. Hey, I, I, I like, I like will Muschamp as a higher pick than Glenn Schumann too. Um, you guys are nuts. Well, good, good thing we didn't have to pick them. Um, I'll go. I'll go to number three, Todd Hartley. Um, just an absolute stud in terms of his recruiting ability. Um, you know, he has. There's probably not a, a position coach in college football that maybe Brian Hartline at Ohio State yeah. um, that that is dominating his position in in making his position at his school the place to be um you know you've you've got brock bowers obviously there you've got oscar delp obviously there um you know you're continuing to bring in guys and and hey the the potential of deuce is still out there so i'm taking todd hartley um and he he's he's been an ace recruiter for georgia and he'll be an ace recruiter for team toms all right i'm just gonna do what everyone tells me to do in the comments i'm taking <laughs> He can recruit the state of Georgia. He knows what it takes to work for Kirby Smart. And I think with Mike Bobo back, y'all can say all you want that he's just going to keep running what Todd Munkin did, but you know he's going to want to revive and resuscitate the RBU legacy as he really benefited from it a lot when Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle were here for a little bit. And uh, all those great backs, no Sean, Thomas Brown, all those dudes. So give me Dell McGee. And uh, as Mike Bobo has the RBU renaissance uh, locked and loaded for the 2023 season and beyond. Bold pick. My Bold man, pick. Uh, my man, Connor Riley in here with a Wayne Jenkins quote. Don't put it up. It's got some profanities in it. The little Wayne Jenkins quote from the uh, We Run This City in uh, HBO on HBO. Awesome. Little John uh -huh. Bernthal.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Wes, right, so I'm, again, I'm, I'm back up. Uh, give me uh, Shadera Uzo Deribe uh, as another coach that I think has his work cut out for him a little bit, but I think he's proven good on Twitter. Um, what's that? He's good on Twitter. Yeah, so th- there you go. That's why I picked him. Uh, no, those guys at the edge. He is building a machine, and Georgia has a lot of work, has a lot of room to grow there. And I think he is a, a stock that I would love to be in on on the ground floor. And I'm going to watch Shadera's dogs just continue to climb and continue to ascend all the way to the moon. So those are my two guys, offense and defense. So that's not who I thought you would be taking. Uh, I had two defensive minds in mind. Unpredictable, Palmer. Me, um, <laughs> and I was going to be happy with either of them. But I'm going to be especially happy – Buying stock on the ground floor of Fran Brown. Uh, just, again, another excellent recruiter, uh, young mind in, in this sport. You hear the praise from Kirby Smart. You hear the praise um, com- coming out of Lincoln, Nebraska, from um, drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Uh, I mean, just look at the way he's recruiting this 2024 class already. Could sign the number, you know, the, the top three safeties in the country. Um, obviously Will Muschamp is a big part of the recruiting on that back end as well. Uh, Kirby is a big part of it as well, but I think Fran Brown is, is an ACE recruiter. Again, I'll take him. Uh, and, and with the way that Georgia's secondary looks for this coming season, I like my team. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty, you sound really confident Palmer. I'm just, I'm just, I'm dismayed. And I think that was a great pick because I was really hoping that I could, I knew that Roos wanted Brown. I wanted to see Fran and, and Muschamp. Those were actually, honestly, those would have been my top two picks. If I I'll be curious to see. Interesting. That's, that's solid. I like yeah. that. I'll that be was, curious to see who you go with here. Cause I, I was indifferent on whether I got Fran and this other guy, um, I think you're going to take him here, and I yeah, need to run Fran. A lot of I could go a couple different directions here for sure, um, but the guy that I'm going to go with is uh, I'm going to go with tested, proven, solid Georgia Bulldog Brian McClendon. Not I'm taking, I man, I cannot believe I'm going to get this guy for the <laughs> eighth year. I, <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know, I know. about to get him. I am blown away. Let me tell you this: BMAC came in in year one really turned the page for wide receiver, had an outstanding first year, is one of the best recruiters in the nation at the position, a position that Georgia really needs to upgrade and has needed to upgrade for some time. BMAC, a guy that I think great value here. I could have gone another direction. I think Jake Rowe will take the guy that I was thinking of, obviously. Yeah, um, sure. And, and uh, I, but listen, I, BMAC, in year one under Kirby Smart, flipped it up, man. I, I, I love what he's done. I love what he's done in the past. I think he's a great, great pick here. And I'll say this too. I mean, listen, I, I, you, you guys are all crazy for letting this guy get to me. Um, uh, see, see, this is in unless you're taking Stacy Searles, this is the other one that I and had. Yes, and Wes is the one that made this possible because yes. 
Wes listened to the fans in the middle, um, yeah. and they just disagree with us. They love Del McGee and they love Chidera. Um, you know, so there was so Wes kind of made this possible for me. I'm gonna say that, uh, because I think all of us had way more time to think about this than Wes did. Um, <laughs> Trey Scott, man, yeah. it's gotta be Trey Scott, and I really feel bad because I wanted to take uh Stacy Searles here if Trey Scott was off the board just to get him in there. Um, I think we probably all think Stacy oh, Searles was the guy who would get left off. Would you? I, I, Stacy Searles was my guess as the guy who would have been left off in the draft. Did you? Would you have taken Stacy over BMAC if I'd have left? I would have taken Stacy over anybody but Trey Scott. Wow! Just over for j- just Brown. just to mess around with the people. Oh, who okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I mean, just to keep him from not being out there. But right. I mean, come on! I'll I'll take Glenn Schuman and Trey Scott. You want to talk about d- longevity? Del McGee is the only guy that's been long, been around longer than those two, and yeah. and you know Trey Scott, man, he came in on the ground floor. He built that room up by himself, just like just like Glenn Schumann did. And and no offense to Del McGee, who I think is phenomenal and has done a great job. He had no, he didn't have but one room, one way to go as far as his room went. You weren't going to get better than Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. And he didn't improve that room, but with DeAndre Swift. But I mean, it wasn't going to get any better than 2017. So, you know, that's the one way I look at it. But, you know, obviously, Stacey Searles, offensive line coach, been around before. He's associated with Mike Bobo, so nobody likes him. And, <laughs> um, and on top of it all, uh, he's, he's an offensive line coach, Paul. Nobody likes an offensive line coach. Rose, would, Rose, Rose team might be running a Mike Bobo looking offense. Um, without any sort of offensive coaches. There's no factual basis behind that, Palmer. You're part of the problem. I will say that Jake Rowe, um, uh, Trey Scott, another thing, and and shout out, we talk about him a lot on the show, but he's a big part of the message board. Our guy Guna over on the board uh, points out, and and I agree with him, if Trey Scott offers a kid on the defensive line, you you can kind of throw the ranking out the window. That that yeah. that they that guy has turned into an excellent evaluator and developed some fantastic some pe- fantastic kids on that defensive line. I, I you got to give him a lot of credit for that for sure. Now I've I've just had another thought come to my mind here. How would y'all power uh, when we're talking Georgia assistants? How would y'all power rank the four head coaches that are former assistants of Kirby? Dan Dan Lanning, Sam Pittman, Mel Tucker. And uh, Shane Beamer. Let's Ooh. save that for another show, Palmer. We're going to run out of things to talk about this this offseason. Yeah. <laughs> save the good stuff, man. We, uh, we can do. 20 that's just uh, that's just a tease. All right, what do we look on Wes's face? I think Wes ended up liking the segment pretty good, but yeah, although he he probably wishes he had had some time to work on it himself. No, I have. I'm very confident in my picks. Who's next, Jake Bruce? <laughs> no, no, no. We're no, done. That's but it. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we, we were leaving out the ninth guy. Yeah. I mean, it was just Searles was the only one left. Now let's we and there was no Mike Bobo. No, sure, but had Mike Bobo been in this draft, I would have been interested to see where he would have fallen. Um, because I don't know. I mean, I would have. Ta- I wouldn't have taken him with the second pick. I know Roe wouldn't have taken him with the first. Mm-mm. No, um, I would have taken him with the eighth I, if he was there. I would have taken pick. him at three <laughs> with the eighth pick. Yeah, I hope you got the the OC. Gets I would have taken him super high. I would have figured. I, I think would have taken him at four, West, because I would not have taken him at three. Yeah, I think West would have got him at four. I would have taken him. Yeah, no doubt. I think Georgia's offense is going to statistically be better next season in a lot of ways. Just not taking anything away from Bobo, but I keep coming back to the schedule, man. I keep yeah, coming yeah. back to how. Uh, 
manageable the schedule is going to be. I think that this quarterback competition in the spring is going to be great for whoever ends up being the starter. Mm -hmm. It's going to be heated. It's going to be competitive. You know the guy that wins it will have earned it and uh, will be very competent, very confident in running the show. And I know Bobo's got his critics, but he's the offensive coordinator. I mean, that is the top flight guy in, you know, picking up four. I know both of the co-defensive coordinators would have been gone. So now, that's why I would have taken Bobo. Now, now here's a question for y'all. If Todd Munkin was available, Wes, or Ro, you wouldn't have taken him. I know you've – Yeah, I probably record. wouldn't have taken I would have taken Schumann at one, yeah. Would you, yeah, I would, would I you know, have taken him? No, I would not have. See, I was, okay, so I would have gotten the steal of the no, draft. I would have also stuck with Muschamp. <laughs> I would have gotten the steal. Palmer Thomas, big monkey guy. Watch him, uh, watch him this fall with his uh, Ravens gear on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baltimore Munkin and Baltimore Palmer. Speaking of gear, uh, an easy pick, no matter what you want to go for, is Breaking Tea. They have an amazing assortment and collection of championship gear. And they had some really, really strong stuff even before Georgia went back-to-back with T-shirts, hoodies, apparel, coffee mugs, all that stuff uh, on some of your favorite players and some of your favorite moments like Georgia going back-to-back as national champions in college football. Shout out to uh, our buddy Sam Franco who got passed over by the Braves for their PA gig, but I know he'll keep holding it down in Athens, and he uh, helps us out a lot with the work over at Breaking Tea as well. So uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Breaking Tea. Y'all get you one. The link is in the episode description, as you it need, always is. You need is. a T-shirt. Buy yourself a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The Wes. Um, so we had a couple features that y'all put up on Dogs HQ this week on some up-and-coming Bulldogs that weren't quite household names, but I know by this time next year, a lot of fans will like to think that they could be one on defense, one on offense, Andrew Paul at the running back position, and Darius Smith. Let's just take a deep dive in some, uh, speaking of rising stocks, let's talk about those guys. Let's start with Andrew Paul. And, and Roos, really, every time I think about this guy, I think about, that first signing day when I was on the staff and you were on the ground talking to Andrew Paul Palmer, you put some things together and Ro, I know you've got your ear to the ground as well on this guy. What's the progress? What are we looking at here? How's he doing? And by this time next year, how do y'all expect him to be viewed as a part of George's backfield? Thank you. I'll let you start season guy. No, I'm sorry, Palmer. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think uh, probably looking more of a late season guy, um, just because of that the nature of that injury. It did happen early in camp. I mean, it's it, that's just a tough position to play that with a with a torn ACL. So, I mean, I, I haven't heard a lot about his recovery. I think he'll probably be limited this spring. But in terms of when can he come on, I think you know you, that's usually like kind of like a 24 month injury um, in terms of like getting back to your old self. So. You know, I think you know. I think it's probably reasonable to expect maybe you know come you know next October November that maybe he's starting to do a little bit more because um, that's probably also ultimately when Georgia's probably going to have a couple guys dinged up and they want to limit things for somebody else and that's why Brandon Robinson kind of took some snaps there at one portion of the season when Kendall Milton was down. I think that's kind of what you're looking at this year out of him. A 24-month injury, you think it is? In, in no, no, I just mean like to get back to your old self. 
like to be, you know, to be vintage form. Um, well, because a lot of guys need two se- they need two seasons. It's that second season back. Yeah. yeah. I think that looks the case for Chubb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I will say I we don't know what the old form for Andrew Paul looks like at the college level because there is no old form of Andrew Paul at the college level. I'm right. very curious to see. Um, and, and, and we never saw how his game translated from what, what he was doing in Dallas to what he what he can do in Athens. I'm very curious to see. And, and Roos, you you know, you, you talk to him. You got to see him in person. I'm very curious to see uh, how he can how he can contribute if he can contribute as a pass catcher because you look at Georgia's running back room and and what they're losing in Kenny McIntosh. They Kendall Milton might is probably their best option as a pass catcher right now. I would say Dejon Edwards. Yes. No. no yes. No. Absolutely. I'm, I'm. I'm. He catches the ball it's, well. It's, I mean, it's it's stock Sunday, and I'm stocked down on Dejan Edwards as a pass catcher. <laughs> I, I disagree completely. I'm with Roe on this one. To me, Dejan Edwards is the premier guy at the pass catching spot. I think we saw that in his high school film as well. Yeah. Andrew Paul showed some of that in his game, uh, and and uh, in in his high school uh, film, and put up video game numbers. But we have to take into account that this is a private school league that he's playing in. So, I'm, you know, that that always skews things a bit. I'm not saying that they're bad players or it's a bad program or anything like that. But it, it does – it's not 7A ball each and every week. I mean, it's it's a different thing. Um, but, you know, Paul's a, a, Paul was one of the most interesting guys and especially one of those guys who – like Brett Scyther who, like – exploded after the early sign. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely flew up charts. I, nobody had heard of Andrew Paul on the Georgia beat until like that first, around that first signing period. And well, that's my I, first round draft pick, Del McGee. I work, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere, this kid burst onto the scene. The, the film's outstanding. The coach, you know, gave glowing reviews. His high school coach, you know, loved him, said he'd never coached a player like him said he was a, a generational running back for their team, you know, and that's all well and good at, at a high school level. But like Palmer said, we don't know how his game translates over. And is it a case too where, and obviously for Zamir, it was a much larger setback injury wise, but you know, Zamir White, I heard, I had people tell me that Zamir White was the greatest high school football player they've ever seen in person. Adrian Peterson was the comparison yeah. we right. always heard. He's the next AP. Zamir White was a great player in college. He was a, a very good player. He was not Adrian Peterson, okay? No. So that changed things a lot for him. So we'll never know which Andrew, what Andrew Paul might have been. Now, who knows? Maybe he comes back better than ever before. Whatever we get is just what we'll get, and that's what we'll know of him. But how will that affect what we saw maybe in that high school film? I, I don't know that. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see, but there was some positive buzz. It felt like around him in camp prior to that injury uh, last year. I mean, there was, there was, I, I feel like I heard a few good things about, you know, what he was doing. This was kind of a great late find was, was sort of the prevailing. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Well, it just keeps pointing back to the evaluation of this Georgia staff and the way they evaluate talent and, not that they're batting a thousand, you know, every staff's going to miss on somebody here or there, but they do seem to find some diamonds in the rough. 
How about Darius Smith? Not exactly diamond in the rough. Uh, you look at him, he's one of the guys you want hopping off the bus first, and he can hop really high too. If that kick in the national championship or the, well, in my mind, it was the national championship. If that kick in the Peach Bowl semifinal was on target, he probably would have blocked it. Uh, and Palmer, you had a pretty interesting look at how his trajectory is uh, looking right now going into spring. And his dad hops into the comments section pretty often. I, I don't know if he's in here tonight, but uh, we're certainly grateful for his uh, attendance yeah. and watching the show. And we're not just doing this because he pops in here every now and then, but his son could be a pretty big factor for the dogs next season. Yeah. I, uh, so, so speaking about that kick, I, I asked him, I didn't, didn't include it in the piece because it probably wasn't necessary. Didn't really fit what I was writing there, but he told me he, he thought it would have been blocked if it had been straight. Um, you know, looking back at the photos, having seen the film, uh, he, he felt like it was going to get blocked. So with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, Darius is, is very confident in his ability. And, and I think that's a great thing because you look at that Georgia uh, edge rusher room and, and they're losing two big names, uh, Robert Beal, Nolan Smith, two guys that, that have been very productive over the last few seasons. Um, you know, Beal, the forgotten sack leader from the 2021 championship team. Uh, Nolan was off to one hell of a start in, in 2022, uh, had seven tackles for loss in the eight games, seven straight games um, when, when he went down against Florida. And he was on a tear in that Florida game. Very could have, very well could have ended up with more in that game and and on down the line. Uh, certainly, you know, Darius told me he he thinks he has the potential to be the best pass rusher on this team, and, and that says a lot when you've got Michael Williams coming off the edge. Um, you know, a, a, as a defensive end, when you've got guys like Marvin Jones, um, you know, two of his classmates in that 2022 signing class, um, Darius. You know, sees the comparisons, um, you know, to, to the former players, understands the athleticism and, and that he has and understands the need for him to grow and develop that athleticism. It's why he was very willing to work at star. Um, he, he spent a good bit of the snaps and in practice and such. He was developed as a pass rusher already, already knew how to do that, needed to develop the the, the, the zone coverage skill, um, you know, so spent some time with the defensive backs, worked on that, um, and really wants to become an all-around player. Um, I am, you know, I, I said I was stocked down on, on Dejan Edwards' pass-catching ability. I am stocked up on, uh, on uh, Darius Smith and his, his pass-rush ability. I freaking love Darius Smith. I'm a huge Darius Smith guy, all right? I, I think that this is a breakthrough year for Darius Smith. I think he has all the tools. It will not be lack of athleticism that keeps Darius Smith off of the field, all right? If it's going to be anything, it's going to be about scheme, you know, that kind of thing. Anthony White over here says can be the next Leonard Floyd. I think he has that kind of upside. And, and that's a, hey, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but that's a name that 
Kirby told Darius. Kirby said, mentioned Darius. Uh, you know, hey, Leonard worked at Star some. Um, you know, got some reps there, and and so that was part of the reasoning why he went, wanted him to develop at that position. As yeah, well. and you know, listen, Adam Anderson, the the expectations were through the roof. What happened happened with him. I think that Darius Smith can be what Adam Anderson was supposed to be um, and, and was on the trajectory to be. Now, I'm not going to say that he can reach that level in year two. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I think that there may still be some time to go. But I think that I think as the overall as, as his career progresses, Darius Smith is going to probably find himself. I, I It would not surprise me to be see a first round pick. I think you're talking top two to three rounds over the course of his career. Kid has every measurable you can go for. You can the, the speed, the size. Um, it's just about picking up the game and putting the pieces together. I think that that may have hampered him a little bit last year, um, if if we're being honest about it. But I think that you know, listen, you're coming from uh, Appling County, and that's you know they play some good ball down there, but but that, that ain't SEC football. All right. So it's a little bit different world down there. Darius Smith, one of the more rare athletes, I think, to come out of Appling County in a bit as well. And um, I, I'm, I'm very, very high on his chances over the course. Yeah, well, I mean, th- those are names that show up in the comments section. That's not why I wanted to include them in the show tonight. Palmer uh, picked up a lot of that this week and I'm just kind of following the lead of that works a great job, Palmer dog, but I think it's worth it. I think these guys and these profiles on names that will have an impact should have an impact uh, provided they stay healthy. And um, of course, I think Darius's dad being a part of the show as often as he is, I wanted to tip my cap to him, but he also deserved it. All right, let's take a look at some dog stocks, guys. I don't have the heart to look at my actual stock portfolio these days, <laughs> but I can look at some dog stocks. Let's go stock up, stock down. Palmer, I'm going to start with you, man. You please are. Don't, please don't. I got to. I got to gather my thoughts here. I'll go. No, I'll go. you. You have. Palmer, you know. You know what your stock is tonight. Is and if stock, you don't do it, then I'll just do it right now. Stock down on Georgia basketball. Stock, <laughs> stock up on the Georgia, Bama basketball rivalry. This is Mike White's origin story, baby. He's never gonna he's never gonna have another game like that in his career. He went back onto the bus or the private jet or whatever they took, and he did some long, cold soul searching. And this is gonna be a bloodbath. Every single basketball game after this will be pain. Stock up on Mike White. Oh my god. How's that for some spin zone? There you go. That's that's gorgeous, dude. That's the best there is. Uh, one of the jakes take it. All right. I'm going to go uh, stock up today on a former dog, and that's Solomon Kinley. And uh, the reason I'm shouting out Solomon Kinley is I had a chance to interview uh, a young man at Reigns High School for the uh, 2025 class, another Solomon this time, and another offensive lineman named Solomon, Solomon Thomas, uh, this guy. Six foot four, about 280 pounds. Georgia offer, uh, about 16 other offers in for him already. Reigns High School, the uh, alma mater of uh, Solomon Kinley as well. 
And uh, I said, you know, what is the relationship between you two guys? Do you know each other? And he said, man, that's like my big brother. He calls me his little homie. Uh, we're tight. He's told me Georgia was the best time he ever had playing football and, um, you know, said that it's a lot of hard work and a lot of grind. I just thought it was great to hear that for Solomon Kinley, a guy that a lot of people kind of looked over, I think, in that in that first class. Um, uh, a big find by Sam Pittman to go in and find that guy. You know, there were a lot of rumors out there at the time. I remember this very vividly that some of Solomon Kinley's offers were not actual offers. Um, and I, re I remember being told that by a couple people. Good to hear his name again, man. Uh, so shout out Solomon Kinley. Stock up on him. Stock up on guys named Solomon from Reigns High School and uh, Georgia's chances with him. Mm. Cool kid, man. Really cool kid to cover uh, and really enjoyed getting to know him. I told the story on the board. I ran to one day in the facility. I'm like, Solly, you look kind of thin. Like, you know, what are you weighing right now? He's like, 32, 35, something like that. He didn't even bother putting the three in front of it. He just said 32, 32. What's yeah. understood yeah. doesn't have to be explained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, he didn't invent that. Um, uh, I think uh, Tony Saragusa was the first I ever heard doing that. He would do it. They talked about how he did it on Hard Knocks or something. Um, but I, I just thought that was hilarious. He like, was 32, 35. He was speaking in the UK measurement of stone. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, I'm chopping wood on uh, – guys, listen. It's a tough one for me to chop wood on. I can't wait to see Roos's face when I say this. Non-alcoholic non beer. I am chopping – I'm not sorry, chopping wood. I'm dog stock. Stock <laughs> up. Sorry. Stock up. I'm chopping wood. I'm, I'm Okay, I'm, I'm not going to Wednesdays. Uh, wood Wednesdays. Um, uh, Non-alcoholic beer. All right, so I was in Asheville this past weekend. Had a little bit of a cold, whatever. Didn't really want to uh, to imbibe. Um, so I had, uh, I had non-alcoholic uh, non beer, uh, athletic brewing or whatever, had a golden ale, had a couple of, uh, hazy IPAs today for lunch. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, dude, I, I, just good taste and stuff. And, uh, you know, I was able to have two beers with some friends, uh, and, and, uh, drive home today, uh, perfectly fine. Cause there was no alcohol in it, but it was awesome. I very much enjoyed it. And, uh, I was just, uh, I, I guess it's made such a profound, such a profound, like, oh, I can't believe I actually like that, that I uh, had to go stock up today. Man, what a concept. Non-alcoholic beers. What is, uh, what, what's the, I need to look at the calories. I mean, They're not that bad. They're like 70 calories. Oh, wow. So you're getting like, you're getting like a, a half to a third of a, like an IPA calorie. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'm telling you, really tasty, dude. Athletic Brewing, I think out of San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you, you know, if you, if you're just a beer lover, I love beer. Always have. But I've always said it, drinking those high gravity beers just ruins me for a little while. Like, I've you know, said it. I love them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, love, I love them. I love the taste of them. They're great. But uh, this thing was close and it was pretty good. It was good stuff. Ducati Tech coming in. He knows. Is there a oh, placebo uh, effect with non alcoholic beer where you still think you're getting a little tipsy, a little buzz? No, not really. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's a good thing to drink when you're doing other hard drugs, though. I like to pour vodka into mine. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that scene in uh it reminds me of that scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street whenever uh Jonah Hill's like, So if you drink enough of them, you get effed up, and he's like, No, they're not alcoholic. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone uh, has that friend who insisted they were getting drunk off of Welch's sparkling grapefruit oh, yeah. juice at the parents' New Year's Eve party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, or they were just putting vodka in it. No way to know. 
Thanks for uh, tuning into the Georgia Show, y'all. We got a big week coming up as we wrap up February and get into March. Spring ball approaches and uh, baseball approaching as well. Palmer, how was your trip out to the Foley Field extravaganza? That was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed the first two games up from uh, on on Kudzu Hill. Um, drank some, you know, alcohol alcoholic beers. beers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, loaded beers. There, there were some. There were no non-alcoholic beers to be found up there. Um, but it, you know, it, enjoy the spring weather. Um, watch watch the games. Um, they split the first two, and then I went to work on Sunday today for uh game three the rubber game um and they uh they won it parks harbor yes rhett womack um parks harbor is mashing six rbis four runs scored two home runs um had had a home run yesterday a home run today georgia wins uh 10 to 5 today um to take the series over jackson okay and princeton coming to town the 24th through nerds they got four, they got four games against them. They, yeah. They'll have a doubleheader next Saturday. So um, Parks Harbor is a great baseball thing. Yeah, it really. Is. I, I, I saw somebody say I, it would be a damn shame if he wasn't drafted by the Red Sox. Parks <laughs> <laughs> Harbor, yeah. you got to play baseball yeah. if your name's Parks Harbor. Um, you got to subscribe to the Georgia Show if you don't already, and you got to take our premium membership for a spin. That premium special still going on right now over at dogshq.com through the end of august so y'all check that out it is a a great deal great way for y'all to check out what's going on behind the paywall over at our site if you aren't already familiar with it as well Uh, it's a lot like this but we actually give you some really good information this is just kind of scratching the surface without revealing too much of the hard work that's going on on our message board um, and in those premium articles. So we invite you to do that. Jake Rowe are always empty in the mailbag every Friday, and Jake Roos has some uh, scoop on recruiting prospects that you always want to keep a, an eye on, keep tabs on, and know how Georgia's trending. And typically, Georgia's doing pretty well, but it is good to know the specifics, the ins and outs, and what these guys are having to say about Kirby Smart's program as it continues to look towards a three-peat, guys. Can't believe we're saying that. Y'all have a great week. We'll be back on Wednesday with the Georgia Show and with Bark After Dark tomorrow night, Monday, right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel, so don't miss that. Uh, Some really good programming going on. Thanks for joining us as always. Y'all are doing a great job in the comments section. And uh, Tennessee, man, God bless you. Y'all have a great week. We'll catch you next time. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.